It's um, so I work at a place called Old Street Studios. Right. And um, literally just down the road from where I live, and in some respects, it is home because I spend so much time there. But I'm one of the in-house engineers, and um, that's what my day job is. That's what I do. So, for the past year, we've uh, been expanding. We've been wanting to build a new studio upstairs. So that's exactly what we've been doing. We had a professional studio builder come in. We've had um, everything done to the highest spec. It's just, it's looking incredible now. And it's gotten to the point where we've reached the exciting bit, which is buy all the gear. <laughs> <laughs> Let's fill it with gear. Let's get all of the stuff and just, you know, all the stuff that we need. And I cannot wait to start working in there because yeah. it's going to be very exciting. I don't know how nerdy you want me to get um, in terms of <laughs> talking about gear, but... Uh, well, in terms of the nerdiness level, I mean, uh, A, I think a lot of uh, Kairos fans are sort of audiophiles who may be interested in that. B, it's not something I know about, so, you know, learning experience. What uh, I have been curious as to what makes it so high spec because I feel like at one point in the process of, you know, again, the Instagram stories that I've seen of its building, uh, there was something that you said about it being like probably the highest spec studio in the, its price range for the area. Absolutely, yeah. No, it, it's one of those situations where we're quite lucky. Uh, Jerry, the guy who runs the studio, um, he owns the building. So that's more than a lot of people who run studios in London can say. Most people are leasing buildings, renting facilities, and then building a studio within those spaces, whereas um, Jerry actually owns the building and he has full, he's got the rights to do whatever he wants to the building. <laughs> it's his place. Including that excellent, so, like, spectrum mood light. Yes, exactly, yeah, the lovely RGB lighting that we've got installed. But to answer your question as to how to spec a studio and what makes it high spec, it's the way that it's built the materials that the walls are made from what are in the walls like what is there to dampen the sound how the room is measured because when you're working with sound and you're working with uh, controlling sound as is the nature of mixing you should be in the most controlled room possible because you know three a three meter room that's just a box room Whatever frequency three meters is, I wouldn't be able to tell you off the top of my head. Though that'd be really impressive if, uh, if I could do that. Let's say it's like, you know, 40, 50, 60 hertz, thereabouts. That frequency is going to suddenly be a lot more, it's probably a lot higher than that, probably 200 hertz, a lot more accentuated. And things that you mix, you're going to hear that stick out and you're going to think, oh, I better bump that frequency down, not realizing, oh, wait, no, it's it's flat. It's just in this room. It's louder because it's being amplified by the shape of the room. Um, so when you go and play that piece in another room or in a pair of speak the pair of headphones, suddenly things are going to sound really different and it just doesn't trans translate to other speakers or mm. other uh, environments. So the whole way this room was designed was there are there's no parallel walls at all. Huh. Every wall that is opposite from each other is slightly angled. Mm -hmm. So it minimizes bounce between right. parallel walls. And then, of course, each wall is also um, treated in such a way that there's rock wool behind a fabric covering. 
mm. which dampens the sound as well. And then the back wall is uh, wooden slats, which have got different widths between each slat, and that diffuses the sound because each width will absorb a different amount of frequency spectrum. And uh, behind those slats, you, we've got this thing called barrier mat, which is basically a hanging rubber mat that absorbs the super low frequencies without the need of like three meter thick wall. <laughs> right. Because if you do want to dampen bass frequencies, that are bass frequencies are very long, as is you know physics. <laughs> um, so dampening them is very tough, and that's what the barrier mat is for. It, it vibrates in such a way that it can handle lower frequencies. Mm-hmm. So that's uh, that's what I mean in terms of it was built to a very high spec. Gotcha. I feel like this is one of the situations where I need an adult version of Magic School Bus. Because there was that one Magic School Bus episode where they were in the castle with all the musical instruments that is a sort of foundation of my understanding of how sound works. Right. Well, I will say, to in terms of the f- how sound works, that that is literally... I mean, it's, it's actually kind of witchcraft yep. in terms of what you can do with sound. It's still, like, I, this is my job. This is what I do. But it still surprises me what you can do with sound and how you can have like two frequencies that slightly clash with each other, and then you get a thing called beating, which is like when the frequencies slightly clash and you've got a pulse going on, and that's basically the nature of synthesis. Like, <laughs> so it's yeah, you, making sounds out of multiple sine waves and stuff like that. It, it's fascinating. This is all so nerdy. <laughs> I, I apologize. <laughs> Oh, fine. But th- this is literally, I live for this. This is where my uh, where my passion lies. That's what podcasting is for, an excuse to talk about things that you want to talk about that you don't want think anyone, you know, face-to-face will want to listen to. <laughs> That's true. That's very true. A uh, brief sort of audio-related story from college. So, uh, obviously, this has been discussed on previous episodes, and you know this. I went to a very musician-heavy college. And, you know, like, everyone played an instrument. Everyone... Uh, by and large, uh, everyone wanted to get off campus as quickly as possible so they could like play louder and record things in a way that they wanted. So uh, a friend of mine and Joey's, who uh, is a drummer, he <laughs> moved off campus at, you know halfway through college, and you know his one of his roommates said, "Yeah, I want to start getting some egg carton to put on the walls to dampen the sound, and so on and so forth." <laughs> so our friend. Just started saving the cartons from the eggs that he ate. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) Not knowing that he meant the mattress pad egg carton. And he's just like, look at all these egg cartons I've saved from the grocery store. And his friend just looked at him like, oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. Uh, So that was funny. Jesus. Well, I mean, that's... that's, um... So what, you had another friend who was saving up egg cartons for them. Yes. Wow. That's dedication. That's really nice of them. Yeah, I mean, e- eggs are a pretty solid staple food for the more true. responsible college human. <laughs> true. Yeah, I will say that was not my uh, my first year of uni. Oh boy, I don't think I ate a single egg. <laughs> <laughs> it was just all ready meals and pizza for me. Mm. Pre- pre-made meals and whatnot. Microwave meals. Yep. Oh boy, yeah. I, I I think I was I was basically grey that year. I turned the colour of uh, of Tipex. <laughs> is that a thing? Is that a thing in the, in America? I not the brand, but I and I can't recall what it is, but I've definitely heard it before. 
It's, you know, it's like uh, the white kind of paint thing that you use to cover up pen mistakes. Oh, white out, yeah. Yeah, right. We, we have, yeah, we, we have it, and it's called Tipex. <laughs> That's right. 